welcome to the Lioness Layer, where we exude the perfect balance of femininity and strength. Join our pride each week as we discuss an array of issues impacting women of diverse backgrounds while maintaining our focus of empowerment and growth. In this layer, we encourage, uplift, support, teach, mentor, and build while having fun doing it. Kick off your shoes, pull up a seat, and grab what you like to drink because you are in for a real treat. Welcome to the Lioness Layer. Hi, good evening, good evening, everyone. I am Camille, one of the trio that hosts the Lioness Lair. We would like to welcome you guys today. We're going to be talking about work-life balance. How can we balance? Are you good at it? And a whole lot of other things. So um, thank you guys for joining us today. While we're waiting, go ahead and hit the like, hit the share button, invite your folks on in because it's going to be a great conversation tonight. So first we have Crystal. Crystal, will you come on in? Yes. <laughs> so, Crystal. <laughs> Good to see you, sis. Okay. You too. You too. Always beautiful. So, go ahead and tell us a little bit something. You know, I, I am just really excited about this topic. Um, and just full transparency, I'm excited about this topic because I struggle in this area a lot. And as we were researching and looking at different aspects of the importance of work-life balance, I saw some areas in myself that I definitely need to improve. So I'm super excited. This week I was trying to do it, the balance. I was, I was, uh, you know, making myself accountable. But I am just really excited about this topic. Um, excited for everybody that's out there showing love with the comments. Um, and I'm just excited to get into it. Well, thank you, sis, for introducing doing your introduction. And I think we all kind of felt the same. <laughs> I'm not very good at it either. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that as we were talking, you know, as we always do every week. But Carrie, where you at? Come on. I'm in, here. Sis. I'm here. I'm here. How y'all doing? Okay. <laughs> so give us a little something, something about this hey, topic. Listen, I struggle with this as well. So I don't have a balance. And this telework environment has made it even more difficult. So I'm here to talk about it and hear you guys' perspectives as well. Yes, yes. So for all of us, you heard that we all have struggles. Nobody is perfect at work-life mm -hmm. balance. Is there really such a thing as a work-life balance? You know, it's kind of balances that give an equal weight to something, but all the time we can't have equal weight. How do we make it work together? So sis, Crystal, what mm -hmm. is work-life balance for you? So for me, the work-life balance that I am working to achieve is making sure or ensuring that you take equal weight to both of those things. I do not believe it is a 50-50 type balance. I do not believe it's 50% to this and 50% that, but I do believe that it's taking care of the things that are important to you and not putting too much weight where it starts to impact you um, physically, mentally, emotionally. So that's what I believe, but I don't think it's a perfect scale. And I think it's different for all of us. Absolutely. That's a good point. Like we said that, you know, it's hard to give 50-50 to everything every day, all the time. So Carrie, what does that look like for you? So I, I agree. It doesn't look the same for everyone. And I don't mm -hmm. think the scale is completely balanced. Um, but I think self-care is, is a big is a big aspect of that. And, and whatever that balance looks like for you, live in that and understand that um, it doesn't have to be perfect. You're, you're going to continue to evolve. And what balance looks like today may not be what it looks like, you know, next year or next week. So just continue to change and enjoy the ride while you're at it. Absolutely. So before we go any further, I just want to say thank you and hello to everyone who has tuned in already. We see you in the comments. Hi, Tanya, David, Derek. We appreciate you coming on here. Nijuk, my girl, appreciate you showing up and showing some love. So back to the work-life balance. Um, that's an area that I really struggled in. <laughs> um, one, <laughs> one is because, you know, the balance for me is trio right it's your job it's your family and then there's you yeah <laughs> and um i like to work so i haven't always been very good at the work-life balance because you know i have a shirt that says do what you love and do more of it <laughs> and i love work i love working with people and so oftentimes you know my family it came 
at a price. And that was my, my family a lot of times. Um, I didn't show up when I was supposed to. Um, you know, I didn't create early on. I didn't create boundaries that said, you know, when I needed to go for my daughter's um, program or something like that, you know, I was like, oh, tell your dad he can show up or something like that. So I missed out on those opportunities. Um, it wasn't until later on that I learned how to kind of um, decide and prioritize which events were important. And, you know, they weren't always work. <laughs> they weren't always work. And there are some times that I had to say, you know what, mm, boss, I can't make it. You know, just like they call out, I had to say, I can't make it. And Crystal, you said something um, earlier, and that was about the stress that, you know, happens, the toll that it takes on your body uh, when you're out of balance. So can you tell me a little bit about that? So yeah, definitely. A, a lot of times, um, depending upon, well, really any any um, career that you have or career path that you're taking, um, these bodies will sit you down if you don't take the time to sit down. And unfortunately, I've had friends, coworkers, even myself, um, that have had physiological effects of stress. Stress is so deadly, more than we realize that it is. The toll that it takes on your heart, the toll that it takes on your brain, the toll that it takes on your ability, just your, your cognitive abilities. And um, I had saw a report where they talked about that with, and I like how uh, my sister Carrie brought up with the telework environment. Um, and the increase in depression that it was causing in individuals because they were not realizing how to close the laptop because they didn't have the individuals that they normally see to go to lunch with or they didn't normally see to say, let's go home. And individuals would just sit in at the, sit in at the laptop and just work, work, work. Nothing else, just simply focusing in on work. And because of that, they unfortunately were hospitalized, um, you know, just a lot of different issues that happen to them. And um, like I said, it is important to know when to when to take a knee or when to call a timeout before your body makes you. Um, individuals think, think that heart, at, uh, heart attacks and strokes are just for individuals that might be on AARP. No, there's 30-year-olds that are having heart attacks, 30 year olds that are having strokes. Um, so that's that's a little bit, you know, dealing with some of those physical effects that it does yes. take that I've seen and experienced uh, myself. I'll tell you this and then I'll, I'll pass it back to you, ma'am. I remember um, I was, we were in the midst of a very hot project. And long story short, I was working uh, 12 and 14 hour days every day. I wasn't like I wasn't eating. And when I was eating, I wasn't eating the right things. Um, I was looking for something that was quick. And one day I was I got in the car after another long day. I'd worked the weekends at home and then I was so probably more than 14 hours. And I was driving home and I felt like I was getting the tunnel vision <laughs> and my heart was beating fast. And it was like I was like I was levitating outside of myself. Like I know I was just like, what's going on? And I pulled over to the side of the road and that was, I'm like, you've overdone it. Like you've done more than what you need to do. So now your body is telling you what you should have been doing. So that's just my personal experience. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, you know, um, that stress, 70% yeah. or some, you know, over that um, of chronic illness is due to stress. And sometimes we have high stress jobs and high stress career fields that, you know, the job will not give you the time that you need to decompress and de-stress, um, which is why, like in the military, we have 30 days of leave. But if you're like me, I never took it. I always had use or lose, you know, 60, 90 days a year because I worked all the time. And so it did take a toll. I'll talk about that later. But Carrie, um, let us know your experience with, you know, this work-life balance and when it's out of, out of balance, what that does for you. 
Absolutely. So uh, very much so like Crystal, I do believe if you don't sit down, uh, your body will sit you down when it's time. Um, you do start to feel those effects of, you know, physically in, in numerous different ways. I suffered from migraines for a very long time. And, and I think that was just an onset of just continuous stress and working in that state uh, for a very long time. What I will say, though, um, is, again, like I said earlier, it looks different for everybody. Right. <laughs> so um Truth be told, uh, being single, work is a social outlet for me. So <laughs> I go to work and, you know, I see people because when I go home, I'm by myself, right? Unless I'm with my friends or out of town or something like that. So um, I don't necessarily hate being at work if it's an office environment that I like. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about this later, um, just being in a leadership role and what that means, not because I like to be there um, means I need to be there because I'm setting an example for those around me as well. Yes. And like you said, you know, it's setting that example. And sometimes mm -hmm. um, leaders think that your presence is the example yes. that you need to set. And they have unrealistic expectations of you as a leader and what that looks like. And there is no work-life balance, you know? The moment that you're not there at that seven o'clock meeting when you were there at five o'clock in the morning, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, where are you? I remember, and I'll say this, I remember I was coming into work um, between 5.30 and 6.05 every day. And um, so, you know, normal hours are seven to four. That's my normal day. And I had a, a supervisor who called me at 5.30 and said, hey, where are you at? And I said, I'm at home, <laughs> you know, I'm cooking dinner for my family. And he was like, well, why aren't you at this meeting? And I'm like, you do know that my work hours are seven to four and I've been, been there since five o'clock in the morning. And I said, I've already surpassed the five hour, you know, 12 hour day or whatever. And he was like, um, he was like, well, I expect for you to be at the 530. I said, so do you expect for me to come in at 830? Like, you know, which would mean Fair. I would miss the. And then he was like, well, no, as a leader, you're expected to be here before everybody and after. And so for a while I did that. And then I said, you're not about to kill me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not about to kill me. Put me in my grave early. But I experienced a lot of um, stress related illnesses in my in my work life. You guys know I've been through three major surgeries over the last year. Um, I've had surgeries in the, you know, two hands. Um, and uh, a lot of things in what she was talking about, you know, uh, stress wreaks havoc on your body, your cardiovascular system. We have a lot of cortisol in your body and it doesn't have a time to, you know, de decompress, go away. Um, it creates permanent damage. Mm -hmm. And um, I've experienced some of that. Now I'm praying that, you know, some of it is reversed after I'm de-stressed for a while because I am de-stressed now. But, um, you know, I was going to the hospital, you know, finding myself in the emergency room a lot. And after going back so many times, the doctor said, Camille, <laughs> y'all, this, this ain't funny, but he's like, Camille, I said, what? He said, ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and I said, you see me because I had broke, I would break out in, in hives really bad. And my face, my lips, my tongue, my hands, it's probably my friends on here that used to have to take me to the emergency room, would swell up so bad. And my feet would swell up so bad that I couldn't even put them in shoes. Couldn't even talk. And I'm like, what do you talk? Do you see this? Like, you know, I'm talking to the doctor, like, do you see this? And I would be at work and what little spot would, and they're like, oh God, here it starts again. And I'm like, what? And so he said, stress undealt with will kill you. Yes. You need to go to a counselor and figure yes. out the root of your problems. He said, because physically there's nothing wrong with you. He said, it's what's going on up here that is manifesting itself physically. And if you don't take care of it, it will kill you. Mm -hmm. That was an aha moment for me. Yeah. Uh, now, now I, I will say that I was still stressed out a lot because I had a lot going on and, you know, over the years things changed, but um, it changed the way that I dealt with the people that I was leading. So mm. with that being said, mm -hmm. for you ladies, you know, understanding what we understand about stress and that, you know, imbalance in work and life, how do you deal with that when you see that in someone else? So I, you go ahead, Crystal. So I believe uh, everyone's different. And some people that social interaction, removing them from that can cause them additional stress. 
So I do think it's important. We talk about situational leadership. It's important to know your people, talk to them, kind of see what it is, like what's going on. If you see physiological effects or emotional effects, then you need to encourage them to, um, to, you know, to know their resources and to seek outlets. But I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to answer your question, but I've had individuals uh, that I've had the great opportunity to lead awesome teammates and they will be putting in a ridiculous amount of hours. And I, after discussion and stress, I realized they felt like that was my expectation. Mm -hmm. Like they felt like they needed to do that in order to measure up. So as, as a leader, I had to say, no, that is, I, they say like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. I, I don't need you, you know, taking actions or working on whatever project you're working on and you're not up a hundred percent. So you need to go, you need to, to decompress. But a lot of times as leaders, people feel like they get bonus. People get bonus points because they don't spend time with their family or they get bonus points because they don't have a lunch or they get and, and I feel like that is something that we have to really address um, in our culture. Um, I saw this one amazing um, meme, and I'm paraphrasing it, but it's like, take your PTO, pay time off, yes. or take your leave, you know, decompress. Yes, like five heartbeats, my office hours. And I know certain career fields, certain jobs say you're at work 24 seven. You are, but you're not expected to perform 24 seven. Right. And I feel like it's important to know your folks and it's important to give them those outlets. Look at their leave and say, I see that you have 60 days. What did we do? <laughs> what am I doing? Is there too much? And then I'll, I'll tell you this one thing and I pass it to my sister, Carrie. Um, I got to a point. She's probably watching. So I'm going to call her out. But, you know, I love you. Shout out to you. She would um she would give me task after tasker after tasker. And I literally would just take it, take it, take it. And then finally I go, I went to her office and I was like, tell me the five things out of the hundred you gave me that won't get me fired. Because I obviously can't do all of this. Tell me what tell me what has to be done before I can before I can leave today. So it's yeah. important that communication. Absolutely. <laughs> Carrie, how about you? Yeah. So I will I will uh, follow up to what Crystal said. I 100% believe, especially when you're in a leadership role, it's essential to have that um, conversation with your folks, right? To let them know what you expect. But I'll go a little further because this is something that I had to learn. So I was always telling my folks, that's not my expectation, but I was always in the office. And so again, they're watching me more than they're listening to me. Right. And so, you know, when I was just coming up, they were like, you know, a good airman would come in before their boss and leave after their boss. So they were doing the same thing. Although I was telling them to go home, you know, I was telling them to go home, but I was staying in the office. I was talking about two sides of my neck to them. So what I had to start doing was leaving as well. So I think it's important to create uh, the opportunity for them to take the time. Like, hey, I have a thing for if anyone's listening that's worked with me before or worked for me, I have a thing called F it Fridays once a month. And it's like, that's when you're going to clean out your mailbox. That's when you're just going to whatever. Because there's always some admin work that needs to be done. And that was really just that decompressing time that forced, you know, get to your emails, get through that stuff that you've been putting off to the side. Um, and I had to learn to do that as much as it was hard for me. And when I was deployed in 2018, when I was deployed, they used to set a countdown clock for me to leave, okay? Because we used to ride together. And I'd be like, wait, 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 let me just send this last email. I'm that person, unfortunately. And so it was always hard for me to walk away. So it's still something I'm working on. I've gotten better at it. Um, now I just leave and wait till everybody else leave and then come back. <laughs> but clearly I have a problem, which is why we're here today. So <laughs> yes. I was I was kind of the opposite of you, Carrie, you know, where I would go home, but I was back at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. And the first two hours before the day shift came, that's when I took the time to do all of my check, all of my emails and, mm -hmm. you know, schedule my day and get all the important tasks out of the way. Because I don't know if it's just who I am or whatever, but 
when people see me in that office is my phone is ringing. I got a thousand emails. People are coming to the door. Hey, can I just talk to you? I need this. I need this, you know? And so there was very little time for me to do the things that I needed to do. So I needed to, because uh, working in the environment where they expected you to stay late. And I, I'm going to tell this story. And, you know, one day these two guys might be watching. I hope they do. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I had these two supervisors when I was working um, and they would try to outdo each other. So they would stay in the office, right? So they would get there at 6.30. Our shift started at 7 o'clock for day shift. They would get there around 6.30, 6.20, And they would stay there sometimes until 9.30 at night. And then finally, one would break and go, okay, you know what? I got to go home. Maybe a wife called or something happened. And so I was like, you know, I said this before, like, do y'all not like your, your spouses? You know what right. I mean? And they expected the same thing. But I was like... Being in that situation is very disruptive for the next shifts that are coming in, the supervisors, the leads, those people to work because you're taking up space, mm -hmm. you know, you're mm -hmm. asking them to do tasks and things like that that are not normally a part of their thing. And you're really being disruptive to the yeah. work center, you know? And so um, with that, I, I had to start going home, you know, like, I'm not going to do that. And some people be like, okay. Sometimes it's time for you to go. And I'm like, okay, let me just, this last email and my airman would start hold, holding me accountable as well um, to go home. And so it was like at the end of the shift, okay, are you guys done? Five more minutes, let's get out of here. You know what I mean? Clean up whatever you have, turn it over to the next shift and let's go. Um, but being in the field that I'm in, we often had to work 12 hour shifts, 14 hour shifts, 16, 18 hours. And when we have certain uh, like TCTOs, time compliance, tech order um, inspections, we would be there. We had a couple of them where I literally worked about 14 hours a day, every day for four months straight, no weekends, no nothing. Even on Thanksgiving, because it was over the holiday, even on Thanksgiving day and Christmas day, the night shift still had, they had got off that morning. They still had to come in that night and people were getting sick, but they still expected, we got to get this done. There's this, this and that. Then I worked into an, in another high stress area and I was like, y'all, I, I need somebody to come in here and throw some holy water, water on here. And I need them to exercise this place because people were, when, when I say sick, I'm talking big stuff, cancer, you know, lives being, I mean, it was, it was just crazy. And so my commander, black, I said, no, I'm serious. You want me to go in here and fix it, but it's bigger than me. Like there is something, but it is the stress that was put on that work center. I believe there's no time to breathe, to take care of your family, to go home. It's always, and then they were working weekend after weekend after weekend. And it was as much as I thought it was little that I can do because planes have to fly, right? They have yeah. a mission. And so we're the only ones that did that job. So I had to kind of get creative and try to, you know, make time for other people to go home as well, which sometimes cost me to stay late <laughs> so I can get other people out. But you have to figure out that balance because you still have to take care of the folks that you're in charge of leading. You know what I mean? So that's a difficult balance. Go ahead, it Karen. It is. And let me say this, and, and I think a lot, some of it, and, and obviously each job is going to be different, right? Mm -hmm. Each career specific and drives a lot of this. Um, but there is, I think, a generational part of it as well, too, right? Mm -hmm. The older generation believes that butts and seats equates to productivity. Yes, and so no, if not. they see you in the seats, whether you're working or not, because truth be told, a lot of the young guys now are on social media, which is fine if you need that mental break. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're being productive productive, although they're actually in the office. And so I think it's important for us as leaders uh, to to make that change. That change starts with us. So one of the things my friends and I talk about all the time, shout out to David Hamilton. He's probably watching. He's always watching. So thank you for the support. But we talk about all the time, as senior NCOs in the military, we're doing more with less and we continue to do it. Okay. We yeah. never say it can't be done. We find a way to make it work, to make it happen. We make these things, we make this thing smooth like butter. It's going to turn. These wheels are always going to turn. That plane is going to fly. We're going to execute. And unfortunately, I think we are the part of the problem. Absolutely. Yes. Right? Because we're not saying anything is wrong, right? And, and mm -hmm. then the idea is if we say something is wrong, it's going to look bad on us, you know? Um, but I think if we got up and say, well, you know, enough is enough, maybe we'll start to see some changes somewhere. 
I definitely agree. agree. And uh, one thing that I always practice just throughout my experience is uh, expectation management. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when I approach leadership because I saw that there was a breakdown, I would tell them, You're, you are okay with this impact happening. I just need you to understand that this is the impact. I almost call it like, you know, for those that ever got a ticket in their life or whatever. And a lot of times, you know, police officers, they'll have a little notepad and they'll repeat back everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. And they're repeating it back, everything that you're saying to say, do you hear what you're saying? So <laughs> a lot of times I'm like, so you're saying that yes. you're okay with these tertiary effects that happen based right. on the decision. Right. And sometimes I really understand planes have to fly. We got to take care of people. People are a business. But sometimes you have to show where there's something going on in the machine. Mm -hmm. If you just, you know, slap that duct tape on it, like it's working and mm -hmm. your people are back there suffering, yeah. then you're letting them know you can continue to do less with what you have. So I think it's important to voice those concerns. And, and I think that's that's really big for upper leadership because, you know, as a leader, um, those I, I know that my senior NCOs, my peers, we have voiced and voiced and voiced for years, you know, the real issue. And it's like, how do we fix the real issue if you guys don't want to address it? We're telling you and it's like, well, if you don't want to do it, we'll find somebody else who will, you know, and we can't. And, and here's the thing. And this is the truth about it. We can't stop a war, <laughs> you know, because sure. people are tired. You know, the planes have to fly, fly because it's bigger than you. Yes, I get that. However, this is going to, in, and we saw it, you know, when they brought in terror and stuff like that in early retirement, people were like, gone, <laughs> you know? And then they, they were like, like, oh, wait, God. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, You know, we made it mean all the y'all could leave. You never mind. Yes. And people were waiting for that. And, you know, every year, every couple of years, it happens again. And then we have to go back and, okay, we'll give you an extra bonus. Well, yeah. you should give me that extra bonus while I was in, you know. Yeah. But, you know, with that being said, um, there are tr two truths to that. Yes, we are having to do things, but we have to find a way to take care of our people because without people, those machines will not fly, you know. And then the other thing is if people are not being taken care of, mistakes will happen and lives can be lost. And I've yeah. seen that as well. And it is a bad thing to have to go through and have to go through the, you know, to the funerals of our people that have been lost. But it happens because people are tired and they're burnt out and we don't afford them the opportunity to find their balance, you know? So I want to shift. Oh, go ahead. I was well, going to say, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, but go ahead. Okay. But no, I want to add this too, because I saw some really great comments um, <laughs> out there. When we talk about just work, um, and I know we, we, we might touch on this later, even in a different show, when you come home after not spending time with your kids, or yes. yes, or your significant others, or your dog. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Put a pin in it, Crystal. Okay, put a pin in it. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Hold on. Hold like, on. This is important. It <laughs> that's all my next ties point. In. Yep. Yeah, I was giving you a transition. Point. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and transition. With that all being said. So Crystal trying to steal my thunder. So moving on to <laughs> pin that girl. Uh -uh. No, but seriously, you know, we're talking about taking care of our, our folks and everybody at work, you know, our subordinates, our troops or whatever. But what effect, and I was going to add you in there too, Carrie, which are, you know, your pets, because we have pets that are kenneled all day. Yeah. I have pets <laughs> as well. Um, so what types of effects do you see? in your family, your children, your pets, how does that affect the family life when you're spending all your time at work taking care of other people? So I'm gonna go ahead and finish my thought real quick. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna finish that. So after, go into it now. <laughs> after you work a very long, hard day, um, for me, I, I hibernate. Like after talking to people, putting out fires all day, the last thing I want to do is come home and have a fire to put out or have like, sometimes I don't even want to hear people talk. Like I don't even mm -hmm. want to hear, I just want peace and quiet. I want namaste. Like sometimes I don't, I don't want nothing. I want to <laughs> meditate and elevate. And so when you come home and I have a 15 year old and a six year old, you can't tell them yeah. like, I don't want to hear about your day. 
You don't want to be like, just please be quiet at a hurt, even though, you know, you might want to. You can't do that. And I know my dog, Oscar, who's probably going to try and bust in here in a little bit. He wants to jump on me. He wants to go for walks. He wants to do stuff. And I'm like, I got a backyard. Just go run in the backyard for a little bit. And so I'm not giving them that balance. So that impacts you. Because now you have the added stress of that you're not meeting up to the expectations of your significant other, of your kids, or even your dog. So, yeah. Oh, I agree. So people know I'm crazy about my dog. And a lot of people pick on me because my dog goes to daycare. So the work-life balance is exactly why I started sending him to daycare. So if I leave him kenneled for 12 and 14 hours a day, it's not fair to him. And then I start to see these behavioral issues in him when I would come home. I'd be too tired to really walk him as I should. You know, I'm just taking him out quick enough to do his business. And I start to see the effects of that. So I sent him to daycare. I pay 20 bucks a day and it saved me a lot of peace of mind. He gets to play with his little friends. And I unfortunately got to work more, you know, because they kept... Does he come back from the daycare like mine used to do? She used to take him out of the kennel, take him to her house, and then he was like, be laid up on stuff with his little come back with his little scarves. And stuff, and he'd be, I said, when, Oh no, oh when no. When he comes home, that is a $20, $25 very well spent. And if you have never taken your dog to daycare, I suggest mm-hmm. you do it. He doesn't want to, he's just like, Leave me alone. Leave me alone till tomorrow morning. And and then I'm happy because I like to decompress and breathe. So I would like to say as well, too, for you, you know, for you two, you know, that are that are parents, I cannot imagine because I could barely take care of myself and my dog. So to do it with a dog and children, you know, to find that balance and, and then to find we talk about work life balance. Um, and, and Crystal said this earlier. There is the work there's the family and then there's yourself. And I would argue that you guys are probably slipped to the very bottom of that list (laughs) after you take care of everything else. Mm. Uh, that 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 was my thing, which is what ended me, you know, kept me in the hospital a lot. Um was because I like yeah. When when is it time for you when is it time for you as a parent? When do you find that that's my question to you guys. When do you guys find the time? So I was, I was always, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Right. So I was like, you know, at one point my kids will be 18 grown and out of the house and then I'll be able to do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in, in the meantime, then I will continue to work while I have this career I will take care of. And my prayer was that God just kept me until retirement. Okay. He did had a few issues, but you know, I'm, I'm working through them, but, um, it was really, really hard. And like I said, I miss those programs, you know, those sports. Luckily, my ex-husband stepped up and he went to a lot of things for me. Now, there were times where I had to, still in my uniform, I would feel so bad because I would miss event after event. And I would literally sneak in the back door, you know, of the auditorium and show up and slide in a chair. Or I would text my ex-husband and be like, you know what, save me a chair just in case I'm able to make it. And when I would see my daughter up there and she would be like, mommy, you know, like you made it. And I'm like, I I told you I would try. And she's like, I didn't think you were going to make it. Um, It does make you feel really bad, you know, because you can't get those moments back, you know. And then at the same time, I had troops that I had to take care of. And there were some lives that were saved, you know, and people that were able to take care of their own. And I think that my justification kind of a little bit was I knew that my kids were taken care of at home. Even though it wasn't me, you know, my ex-husband, even though we were divorced and he would still come, he would take care of him, allowed me to deploy on a moment's notice to go to, you know, sometimes, let me go back. When I was, had my first daughter, you know, I was very young, but they literally came to me one day and said, how, how long can, would it take you to take your daughter to your mom's house and then come back? I said, well, it's an eight hour drive there. You know, I need to rest and then come back. And they said, can you be back in 24 hours? And I said, yes. And I came back in 24 hours and deployed. Then 9-11, it was the same thing, how quickly, but my mom was there, happened to be there. So she stayed at my house and took care of my daughter for the months that was gone. You know, I went on this last one. There was some in between, but I went on this last one. I only had a very short window. And then the day they were going back and forth. And then the day that I left, me and my daughter were in the nail shop about to get pedicures. I asked them to give me at least 24 hours. They called me at 5.10 PM and told me that my flight left at 10.02 that same night. It's a two hour drive to the airport. 
I had to tell the lady, I'm sorry, grab my daughter, throw her in the truck, get her stuff, ask my ex to come pick her up. Then he, I was like, nope, I'll meet you. Drop off everything and try to make it in two hours to mm -hmm. the airport. Got there and found out that my plane ticket had been canceled. And then they didn't have another thing for me. I was so sick, you guys, because I didn't even get to tell my oldest daughter goodbye. I was so sick that my friend had to pull over on the side of the road and I barfed my brains out because I was so angry. And I was so, I'm like, I asked you not to do this. I'm a single parent. Yes, I have somebody, but I'm doing you guys a favor. And this, I said, I feel like a number and not a valued member of this organization. No, no, no. You know, it's kind of like the amazing race. I said, this is my life. What are you talking about? I'm going to be away from my kids for all this time. And you're talking about amazing race. I was so angry, y'all. So, you know, they've suffered a lot because of my willingness to sacrifice them for the job. And over and over, they've asked me to leave and they've dealt with their own set of issues. And I can't take that back. But I said, I won't do that again. So, <laughs> so. I and, you know, kind of to Carrie's point about how we, and make sure I'm hearing right, Carrie, like how we find time for ourselves. <laughs> so I used to be very, um, like I'm a mother. And at that time, the person that I was with, you know, um, I'm a spouse and I'm a dog mom, right? And so I'd be like, that's who I am. They would say, who are you? I'm a mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. And then one day, a part of my tribe said, you're Crystal. Yes. One day, those children that you're raising are going to go out and have lives for those their own. Yeah. One day, the person that you were with, I mean, it didn't last, but <laughs> <laughs> one day, Me you know, either. you guys are going to have to like fight, but I mean, they ain't a problem now. Um, <laughs> one day, like one day, you're going to have to figure out who Crystal is. Yes. And so what I do, because I'm really big on like journaling yes. and checklists and things like that. So I give myself a certain amount of time for me time. Um, what I used to do was think that um, I could just do it haphazardly, but I, 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 I can't. Mm. I also have a calendar because I write in time for myself and I hold myself accountable uh, for, for it. And my tribe of um, sisters holds me accountable for giving me myself that time. Um, because I'm like, on this day, if I'm gonna get my nails, I used to get feel bad about going to get my nails done or bad about doing anything. Cause I'm like, well, who's gonna cook dinner? Who's gonna do this? Like who's gonna scrub the baseboards? You know, and so I found ways to you know, affordably take things that I don't need to do. Like someone mowed the lawn, mm -hmm. I have a cleaner that comes once a month and I take time to go out, get dressed up, have a good time, go watch the sunrise, go do something for myself at least twice, at least twice a week. And yeah. so I started holding myself accountable because I want my daughter to know she needs to do the same thing. And she doesn't need to let a job or relationship or anything else make it where she can't be who she is. So yeah, that's how I, I, I schedule it. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't get there. I didn't get there until probably a year ago. You know, now I do that, you know, schedule time, but I would do everything on lunch break. I would get my hair done on lunch break. I would get my nails done on lunch break. You know, I would take care of the things I need to do on lunch break. Um, I did take a girl's trip every year. I took a family trip a girlfriend trip every year and we would go out, you know, do something, go to a different place. But um, I didn't really take care of myself. I'll, I'll be honest about that. And I didn't realize how important that was until I sat down. I was, I was sat down <laughs> because of all of my issues and uh, realized that I really, you have to take a break from all of that high stress, which is why you say people, you know, six months after they quit a job or, you know, separate from the military, they're dropping dead because they don't yeah. know what to do. I yeah. always knew who I was. So I didn't have a problem with, you know, the titles per se. I love to read. I love to dance. So I would do things like that. But um, every now and then, but to be honest, I, I didn't have a good work-life balance. And that affected not only my children, but my relationships as well. And I can say that that part of it was a lot of, had a lot to do with the demise of some of my relationships was I did not have a good work-life Camille balance. 
So yeah, no, um, I, I I get that. I, I unfortunately struggled there, but I, I think I, I love what both of you guys have said, and as mothers especially, um, I, I know that's important for everyone that's listening right now. You know, and Crystal, amazing points because you're right. Your daughter is watching more than listening, she's watching and she's watching your example. So it's important that um, you continue to do that. I think one of the biggest things that I want to point out is the importance of, um, I'm of doing this in, in, in leadership. Okay. So we haven't always been in a position of leadership, um, but we are now. Right. And so I don't know why they messed around and gave me this position, but they messed up for real because now I have an opportunity to make that change, you know, to hear you guys' stories. These things should not be happening. And I always mm -hmm. tell my guys, my younger guys, if you retire and have every rank and accolade on the wall and your family isn't there, your children don't want to talk to you, and you don't know your spouse, you have failed. Mm -hmm. That is not success. I don't care what anybody tells you, these papers, these, whatever it is, it's great to have in the moment, but that is not true success, right? Mm -hmm. So you want your family, you want your tribe, you want your girlfriends, you want to go on those trips, you want to do mm -hmm. those things. I'm like Crystal in a lot of ways. I journal a lot and I write a lot. Unfortunately, I do recognize, and I think it's important to be honest with yourself as well. I do recognize that I'm a workaholic. And so what I do is Crystal schedules me time. I schedule vacation. So I will work. <laughs> until whatever, you know? And a lot of my peers hate me for it. They think I succeed because I'm at work longer. It's really not true. I'm really at work half the time. I'm, half the time I'm at work, I'm talking to y'all, right? Because they're my outlet too, you know? They, they don't know I'm socializing with them. And when, when the day gets halfway done, I'm like, oh man, I got work to do. Let me actually work. So that's really why I work so much. But then I find myself, <laughs> don't tell them y'all, don't tell them. Oh wait, this is on TV. I guess now they know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I'm real cool. yeah. I know. But so then I schedule, I'm like, okay, I, I went hard for a quarter, you know, three months straight. I went hard for a quarter piece. I got to take 10 days of leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. It looks different for everybody, whether you're doing something once a week or you're taking that two hours every day, or you're, you're taking it in, in, in batches. Like I do once a, you know, once a quarter, you take this long extended, you know, leave or whatever, however you want to do it. I think it's important to remember it's different for everybody and that's okay. Oh, yes. let me ask you this um, because you talked about the vacations and stuff. I know I, I went on vacations. The problem with me was I was always plugged in. Yeah. Um, I always, they, you know, are you taking a laptop with you? How can we, uh, get you? Can you get a plan? Nobody was paying for them plans while I was in a different country, you know, trying to be mm -hmm. on vacation, but you know, they always wanted instant access to me. And I did that for years that I still worked on my vacation, you know, having to steal that time in the middle of the night when my family was asleep. If I was on a family vacation, I would be up because then, mind you, I was in school as well. So I would burn that midnight oil and then I was getting a little sleep as well. So I know for me, you know, there were certain times when I absolutely had to unplug. And I remember being on my way to Jamaica and my commander asked me to take the laptop. And I said, not this time. I'm not doing it. I'm on vacation. You know, this was three years ago. My sister's getting married and I'm not trying to be plugged. Anything that needs to be done, it can wait till I get back. And then there's somebody in my spot. So what were some of the signs that you guys saw um, in yourself or maybe seeing other people when you know when it's time to unplug that you have to say, you know what, you need to go home. I don't care if work is your social place. You need to go home, take some time to yourself or looking at that leave. You haven't taken leave in three years. You need to, to, I don't care if you come back and socialize on your own time, but you need to unplug. What are some of the signs that you guys saw in yourselves and in other people? <laughs> you go first, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> there is this young man, if he's listening, shout out to you, Tony, Antonio Pegram. And Pegram says, when I come to the office, I know I'm going to have five emails from you. Because typically, I wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning, I start sending emails. Unfortunately, that's what I did. And uh, one day, I was talking about somebody I was dating. And they're like, you got a man? And I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 and they were like, from sun up to sundown, you send messages. You're always at work. When did you get a man? How did you find time for a man? And I realized in that moment there, okay, something is something is. <laughs> seriously wrong. And unfortunately, 
um, I did have a man, and the person I dated was also a workaholic. So <laughs> we were both at home, and our downtime was being on the computer with each other. That was our quality time together, and that was horrible. But yes, Pegram uh, called me out a couple times and says, you always send emails. Um, I've had commanders call me out and say, learn how to use the scheduled thing for the email, because I was sending emails at 5 a.m., because that's when I'm awake. Um, and to, to that point, I will say, um, don't do that. But, um, you know, uh, that's that's for another show. But the truth of the matter is I'm sending emails at 5 a.m. because that's when the work is getting done. And there's not enough hours in the day to actually do what I, I'm supposed to do and take care of people at the same time and take care of myself, right? So that's a whole nother show. But mm -hmm. to, to that point, yeah, that's when I knew there was a problem because they just thought I was just this work machine and that is all I did and, and they didn't see anything outside of that. Anything that seemed human like they were shocked. They were like, what? <laughs> oh no. Okay. So for me, um it was actually uh you know I I see them watching so they're gonna know who they are. But um I would sit there and and these are individuals that are senior leaders like me. And I would sit at my desk and um, they would come in and be like, do you want to go to lunch? And I'm like, I can't go to lunch. There's no time. Like, it's like, um, I don't know if y'all watched Saved by the Bell and saw that the episode with Jessica Soprano. And she was like, there's never any time. You got to watch it if you did. And she's like, there's never any time. There's no time for nothing. And so they would come in. And finally, one was like, he came around my desk and he looked at my leg. And he asked, they were asking me for months. And they, they get and made the same rank as me. Some had more responsibility than I had. Some had the same, some had less. And he came around my desk and he was like, I don't see you chained to it. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> he said, who is holding you hostage at this desk? And I said, well, if I leave and something happens, he said, if you leave and something happens, then what? And I said, <laughs> he was like, you can answer it when you get back. Yeah. And then he was like, you're coming to lunch with us. And then another thing, I know this sounds kind of morbid, but it's real. They will mm -hmm. replace you before your eulogy is published. Girl. It doesn't take a long time to get your, you know what I mean? It doesn't take a, a lot of time to get that published. They will replace you, right? You can drop dead at your desk and they already have your replacement. And you're Same worried man. about writing some emails. Yeah. So yep. I was like, what are you doing? I. If I can't take a 45 minute lunch, I'm doing something wrong or my yes. mind is not where it needs to be. So that was that was my wake up call. <laughs> yeah. Can I add this, Camille? Um, <laughs> to Crystal's point, and this is something I had to learn about myself, um, that is a trust factor, right? Either you're, for me, either didn't have, uh, didn't know the right, the appropriate amount of risk to take, or I didn't trust my team. So I felt like I couldn't leave. If I left, the world would fall apart. It was all on my shoulders. And at the point is, if we're really talking about training our replacements, right? You have to leave. Yes. Let them mess it up. I expect it to be on fire when I get back and I know where the fire hose is, right? And that's really how I had to start telling myself, it's okay. There is absolutely nothing that's gonna happen. Crystal's 100% right. If you drop that today, they're gonna replace you. Yep. Hundred percent. Yes, I say I'm I irreplaceable. I don't care what your job is. I don't care where you work. I don't care what you do. And if you think about it, it's. It, I think it's embedded in us uh, a lot from our parents in the previous generation, right? They would work at Ford, for example, right? They'll do 25 years. They'll get their pen, their little fancy retirement pen, and their gold <laughs> pen, and that was a badge of honor for them. Mm -hmm. And so we saw our parents doing that, right? You stay mm -hmm. at work, you work all day, you do these things, and um, you know. That was success in a, in a way, and I think I think we're we're on the cusp of that. You know, we're doing some of what our parents are doing, and again, I love my millennials. So, um, you know, we're doing some of what they're doing too. The generation even after them to say, you know what, I can work from home. I can telework. I can, you know, I can do all this now and be a little more free. So, I, I like what I'm seeing. The changes, anyway. Yes, I remember. Um, you know, my commander was asking me when I hit the button. He was like, you know, what can we do to make you stay? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> you know, and he was like, well, you know, a lot of people once you take off the stripes and take off the bars, people don't know. I said, oh, I know who I am. Like you ain't got to worry about that. You know, because very early on, I realized that I was replaceable. Yeah. 
anybody who thinks they're not replaceable, you're sadly mistaken. Like you sadly. said, before your eulogy is written, yes. they have replaced you. And even when I, you know, upon retirement, everybody's like, oh my God, we're going to miss you. I'm going to call you. And I, I don't get no phone calls. Don't check up on me and see how I'm doing. All no. those people that said all that stuff, guess why? Because there's somebody else in my place doing what I was doing. They have no need for me. And you know, they're like her and I want to say this, like <laughs> people, <laughs> but I'm glad because you know, this the yeah. one time ain't nobody calling me. People, people, people want to, people appreciate some people, not all. I mean, I'm not retired yet, but I know some people appreciate me for what I can do for them right now. Like what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And I will be a faded memory mm -hmm. for some people. But then some people will stay in touch, right? Yeah. But most people, those leaders are not going to be checking on you like, man, we really stressed you out. You are right. You need me to bring you a food train? No, they're not, they're not going to do that. Your kids are what it is. They're the ones that's left. And then you're like, hey, or your dog. And your kids are like, like you're like, hey, love me now. And they're like, who are you? Yeah. Like, I don't like who who are you? Yeah. So, yeah. Great point, ladies. No, yeah, I'm sorry. My look, my daughter is very independent. She's not very affectionate. Sometimes I think it has to do with that because she was a lot of years old where I was like, Okay, Julie, you gotta come home. She was like, Who's home? This home or that home or this home? And I'm like, This is your home. She was like, Well, I lived here, I lived, and I'm like, you know, my face was kind of cracked, and I was like, Oh, you know, yeah. and at the end of the day. That's exactly it. All of those people, 99.9% .9 of those people that said that they would call me and then just come, you know, coming out, I was still on active duty until like a couple of days ago. Um, you know, people still didn't check up on me. There were very few people who did, but that's okay because the people who, you know, I did my job and they're doing very well and training that replacement that they yes. don't have to call you and yes. ask you what to do. So there, you know, it's, it's two sides of the same coin. I'm glad that I gave all that I could, you know, and at the same time, it's like, oh, but you, you ain't called and said, hey, no, nothing. But the people that really matter to me and and there are there is a commander who who really has and, you know, a couple first sergeants and things like that that have called and checked up on me, a couple chiefs. Um, but it's not the same. You know, all this stuff that they talk. Once you're gone, you're replaceable. I'm going to tell you, I had a, I had a chief. Um, she she's doing really well. Um, like, love her to death. Mm -hmm. And um she talks about the work-life balance. She was the first chief I ever saw take a lunch. <laughs> and she said, and you know, she was setting the example. She went to lunch, then I then I would go to lunch. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, people do amazing things at, at places that they've worked, whether yes. it's military or what. But you know, sometimes you leave and they change it right back. So you done stressed out for four years. Yeah. You have gave your blood, sweat, and tears. You gave your right and your left arm and you leave and they change it right back. <laughs> so you know what? what? You and, and, and to that, were... that's not my problem. I it's know not. that when it was there, so, you know, and I had to so, leave that alone because yes, I know so, it happened. So you have to balance. You have yes. to balance. Mm -hmm. Like, don't give your heart. And I don't mean your heart like your heart for it, but don't give the strength of your actual heart and your brain True. to it. Because yeah. if you have a heart attack, you have a stroke, you're able to do, to do the things that you need to do, mm -hmm. you know, put it in, put things into perspective is, is yes. pretty much I was getting point, but and, all and you, Absolutely. I will say one of the hardest things that I've, I've experienced in my career is um, losing a member to suicide. And I was mad. I was so mad. I was mad because I felt like we left him. And he had gotten out for medical, you know, whatever had happened, and he he unfortunately uh, committed suicide. But I remember when I when I when I found out that he committed suicide, and I was like, where were we? All the people who cared about him, where were we there to show up for him? And and that broke my heart. And I had to learn to get real selfish with my time. And so we talk about work life balance, but this can also be applied to the rest of your life as well. Become selfish with your time. Put your energy in your effort where it matters, whether that's your family, your friends, your you, whatever that is. Stop wasting time on things and people and whatever else around you that's irrelevant because we all take it for granted that we're cute and young right now. And in the blink of an eye, it can all be gone. 
Yep. It can all be gone. And we're, we're sitting here laughing and joking about it, whatever. We're going to put this uniform or whatever on tomorrow and be like, okay, well, let me type on my little notebook. You know, it is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a learning experience. We don't get it right all the way, but you have to, have to, have to, have to take this important. I mean, take this lesson as an important one uh, to find that balance, not just for for you, but for your children, for everybody around you, man, because it's important. This is, this is, it sounds like it's a joke right now, but this becomes a life and death situation in a lot of times. Yeah. And let me say this too, to that point, um, and to both you and Crystal's point, when it becomes a life and death, I've, you know, I've lost a few folks um, and almost lost one under my watch, went and said we failed them. And then everybody turned on me, but it was okay because, you know, this person said, well, you're on the wrong side of the fight. I said, well, I'm on the side of life, you know? And oh, so man. I said all that to say, when your work life is out of balance, you're overstressed to Crystal's point, your cognitive abilities, your abilities to see those small signs in people, your clarity of thought is not there. Yeah. And sometimes you miss it because you're trying to do these things, but really your mind is so focused on all the things that are going on in your own life. And, you know, you know that you have things to do that you're not, you're not paying attention to all these, you know, and you, you're literally, your mind is cloudy and people under you are suffering yeah. and you're missing it. And so you have to provide that balance for yourself. You have to be able to read the signs in other people as well, mm -hmm. um, because we can get so caught up in, we're just trying to do our job, but we're, you know, we have our own things going on. I used to tell people all the time, stay out of trouble. I said, I got to spend more time working out y'all problems. I can't even fix my own, you know? <laughs> and they were like, oh, certain time. I'm like, I'm serious. I'm sick of y'all, you know? And I just, I lost it that day because it was like little things. And it's like, Police yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Y'all don't understand. I got a whole family over here. And so I had a whole bunch of stuff going on. It didn't happen under that particular time. But I say all that to say, as supervisors, as leaders, as managers, we have to, to balance ourselves so that we can really take care of our people. We can mm -hmm. see those signs, see when they need a break, give them that time. No, you haven't went to lunch in, in a week. Go to lunch. You know what I mean? This will be here. As a matter of fact, let me go turn this wrench. And I've done yeah, that a few times, you know. <laughs> So, um, yes, you know, make sure that chain ain't on you. But, yeah. you know, we have, to, we, have to, <laughs> we have to do that and then turn around and realize, you know, we take our families for granted that they'll always be there. But I've seen yeah. children lost. You know, mm -hmm. the parents were working and then the children passed away or something happened to them. And you can't get those moments back. You know, so it's very, very important to find that balance. I'm grateful that, you know, for my family, um, you know, I was I was given a chance to do something different because I didn't have good work-life balance. But if I could do it all over again, I would definitely make my family a priority. One yeah. real last thing to Crystal's point, uh, the member who came and got her from her desk, um, for those of you watching and yes. listening, be that member. Check on your leaders. It doesn't have to be a, yeah. a, a, one of your subordinates for you to say, let me look out for you. Be that member to that other person. You know what I mean? Go yeah. and help them uh, achieve some of these things we're talking about. Just remind them because sometimes we forget. So check and, on your leaders as well. Yes, I was about to say, and I, I started doing this really quickly. I know we got two minutes and we have to close it out, but I would go into my commander's office, my shirt's office, chief's office and sit down with them and say, how are you doing? You know, they spend yeah. a lot of time taking care of everybody else. We don't think about the stress that they're under. They're trying to make these yeah. big decisions. Everybody's mad at them because they didn't like it or whatever. And they have the same problems that we have because they're human, right? Yeah. They have families. They have people that are looking up to them. They're trying to get promoted, all these th things. So we also have to step outside ourselves. And how are you doing? Do you need mm -hmm. time? Is there anything that I can do in this next hour to allow you to go to lunch? You know, yeah. let me answer your phone. I take your phone, you know, <laughs> so we make sure. But you won't you 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 won't believe how much you'll learn about them, why they do the things that they do and how much they need that for somebody just to show that they care. Definitely. Uh, so true. And all good points. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Come on. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm turning over to you. We got about one minute left. So, yes, definitely. Wrap it up real so quick. I'm going to say definitely. So um, thank you guys all for joining understand what you do work hard do great things be the great leaders no matter i don't care if you work at walmart mcdonald's mm -hmm. military firefighter whatever it is keep being great but understand it is a means to an end right <laughs> it is a means to an end we work for a purpose our purpose in life is not just to work but it's to live life and have life that more abundantly just remember that 
That's all I have. Love Carrie, you what you got? Last, Man, last listen, question. you do know me. You know me. I life. I live out loud, and life is a work in progress. You're not going to get it right every day. You may not get it right today, but you continue to try. That is all you can ask of yourself. So give yourself the grace to do that, and you know, be there for someone in the process as well. That's it for me. Absolutely. Prioritize what's important and who's important. All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate your time, your energy, your comments, and we'll see you next week on the Linus Lair.